Hello, I'm Robin Gallagher and welcome to Ripples. Throughout our program, a series of guest speakers will share words of wisdom from their life experience and we will offer you a series of meditations so that you can take some time just to stop and listen to that voice within, that voice of the Spirit. So come and enjoy some inspired voices and treasured stillness and allow the ripple effect to begin. I am thrilled to welcome Andrew Chin to our program today. Andrew is a musician, an educator and a gifted performer and collaborator. He has visited more than a thousand Catholic primary schools, sharing his music and his faith with children, teachers and parents. Andrew originally trained as a primary school teacher in Sydney and worked as an REC and assistant principal in many schools. In the 1990s, Andrew moved full-time into music ministry. Since 2000, Andrew has been recording Christian music for children and for some adults too, for use in religious education and liturgy. He travels extensively and has performed in 3,000 concerts across Australia, New Zealand, the USA and Canada. During the pandemic, Andrew developed Butterfly House, which is an online resource for teachers of religious education. These resources appeal to the spirituality of children through a creative arts approach to RE, offering music, prayer, art, drama and picture books, to name a few. Throughout these years, Andrew has been supported by his wonderfully gifted and creative wife, Bernadette, his four daughters and his ten grandchildren. In the year 2000, Andrew and Bernadette's beautiful daughter, Belinda, tragically died from cancer at the age of 15. This had a profound impact on Andrew and his family and influenced the path he chose to pursue. Today, I welcome Andrew to our program as we converse about his extraordinary journey and his calling to share God's message of love through music. Andrew, it is so wonderful to have you on our program today. And it's so lovely to be here. It's uh, it's good to catch up with you. Andrew, we first met, it was probably about 15 years ago, and we met through our mutual friend Jane Harris. And she raved about Mm -hmm. your music, your rapport with the students, and your fresh approach to music and liturgies. And I've admired your work for so many years and have stood in awe as you manage to engage our young people. So I'd love to delve a little deeper into your story and how this all began. So I thought we could begin there, right at the beginning. Andrew, how did your interest in music begin? What were those early influences? My my father, who who passed away in 2007, but he was a strong musical influence. He could play instruments by ear. He, he, you could throw music in front of him, he wouldn't have any idea, but he could play the piano beautifully and wow. often keep guests uh, entertained around, uh, you know, after dinner uh, around the piano. And the same thing with the guitar. And I have these memories of, you know, being five and six and seven. My dad was in the army and he, and he worked long hours and he was away, but I have these really powerful memories of him coming in to say goodnight with the guitar. Now, he probably only did it about 10 or 11 times, but I remember him singing songs like um, Botany Bay and Morningtown Riot. You know, he, he loved the Seekers. That's, they still have a special place in my heart. That was profound. You and, never and, forget those moments. Oh, no. no. And, um, 
so music was a part of his life. There was always music around. And my elder sisters, particularly my second elder sister, Lisa, she learnt a lot of instruments growing up. And so we're a musical household. Um, I learnt piano uh, in year six. Lovely lady. And then we moved and I got another piano teacher. Not so lovely. <laughs> so I moved away from music through those early years of high school. Um, but then in year 11, I ended up... Dad being in the army, we moved all over the place, but we ended up back in Sydney, living out at uh, Holsworthy, and I ended up at St Greg's. Now, I wasn't a Catholic back then, but our neighbours were, and we lived in three different locations as next-door neighbours in the bizarre world of, of the army. And the neighbours said, give St Greg's a try. You know, you'll, um, you'll, we're really happy with it, and we think you will be too. So it was this strange coincidence that the school year had started, my, my dad rang on a Sunday afternoon and it just so happened that three boys had been expelled from St Greg's that day. What timing. <laughs> so I had a spot and I started and, as I said to you earlier, fell in love with the place straight away. But when I, as a non-Catholic going to Mass for the first time, I walked into the, the chapel at uh, St Greg's, which now has such powerful memories. It's uh, where we got married. It's where we had our funeral for, for, for our Belinda. That's where Eleanor was baptised. And I walked in there the first time and not sure what was going to happen. I'd grown up an Anglican and I'd experienced sort of higher church music. Mm -hmm. But there in the corner was a set of drums, a couple of microphones, a bass guitar and an electric guitar. And I thought, what's going on? And then the mass started with, and I can't remember what the song was, but it was being played by these guys who were passionate about what they were playing and singing. And everyone sung. Year 11 and 12 boys are singing the house now. Very powerful for me. And what also struck me there was, you know, at, at St Greg's um, was faith in action. That, that this St Vincent de Paul chapter, very active. The boys in year 11 and 12 would go down and help at the Beverly Park Special School. So I was really impressed. And uh, then I went off urged by one of my teachers who looked at my uni application and said, have you thought about going to the Catholic college? And I said, oh, I'm not Catholic. He said, again, it doesn't matter. I've got a friend. I went and saw the friend. Walked around the uni, thought this is the place for me, and of course there at, at Castle Hill, that, that's where the, the cockroaches uh, were attending university, yes. a uni, attending college. It was again a very musical place. I started to write there. I started. To, I'd go on teaching pracs, and they'd say, "Oh, you're a young man who plays guitar. Can you come and play at this mass? Play at that mass?" So I, I don't think you can find a higher or better purpose for music than that. And I found it early on in life. So um, that was. That was where it began, from my father through to the power of St Greg's and music there and um, on to, to that early phase at, at university and then to the early, from the very beginning of teaching, I was playing at school masses all the time, um, but playing at parish masses as well. And so just prior to starting my teaching career, I became a Catholic. New Year's Day 1984, I think. I thought I'd start a new year <laughs> and become a Catholic and um, at St Michael's at Lane Cove. And is that right? That was my home parish. There you go. And I remember that there was a father and daughter on that day sang Lord of the Dance, which I'd always loved. Yeah. But I remember feeling at home with that song as well. Oh. Yeah, powerful song. Some really, really defining moments, Andrew. Oh, that, absolutely. That, you know, really have, have guided, I imagine, you in these, in these directions. Yeah, and it's... As a young man, young teacher, I, I thought I was probably... Destined is not the word, but I was certainly on that career path of becoming a principal. 
um, but music and RE kept drawing it. Kept on yeah. drawing it back. I'd turn up to a new school and say, oh, we could try this. Yeah. Even as an assistant principal in a couple of schools, I felt that that RE leadership was still the most important. Um, leadership and faith is always the most important uh, way to lead and it should have been the foundation. So kept on calling me back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Andrew, after, I mean, you taught for a number of years mm-hmm. and then at, at some point you decided to, to branch out further and you established Butterfly Music and then you were touring and, and sharing your music all over Australia. How did, how did this all begin and, and what drew you towards pursuing that path? Okay, well, that again, these, these, what I call those sort of sliding door moments. Mm-hmm. As a, I married Bernadette and we had the three girls... Uh, the youngest of those was Belinda, and Belinda and I sang together. Um, from the time she was about six years old, she'd sing with me at Mass. So we sang together a lot, and um, so by the time the late 90s came around, I'd been assistant principal in two schools. Then Belinda, I remember where I was, I was at the wake for uh, the principal I'd worked for. Her mother had died, and I was at the wake, and Bernadette called me and said, you've got to come home, Belinda's very sick. She had a persistent head cold. That just wouldn't go away for a month. Anyway, they'd gone for a scan, and it was it was a tumor. So that was the whole turning around of life there. So thankfully, working in, in Catholic schools, the Catholic Education Office in Sydney gave me not gave me, but I had a lot of entitlement for leave. So basically, I took six months off yeah. to be full time with um, Belinda and Bernadette. Yes, yes. So I was basically the home dad, yes. looking after Nicole, who was in year eleven, moving into year twelve. Um, but I'd go in during the day. Bernadette would often spend the night. Belinda only had one night in nine months of treatment where she didn't have one of us sleeping by her side, and that was very early on. Yes. Um, So it was during that, you know, that time Belinda and I spent so much time together, um, and we we obviously became very, very... We were always close, but became especially close. In losing her, she passed away on February 16, 2000, and in losing her... Life changed. Of you know, course. You look course, at the world yeah. very, very differently. Yes. From the smallest things to the yeah. biggest things. And I remember thinking, I'm not sure that I'm doing the right thing in terms of what I, what I was doing in terms of work. You know, I, I admire greatly principals who do a great job. Yes. I don't think I would have been a great principal. I, I think there's certain gifts that I didn't have. I used to find it. I had a couple of terms as acting principal. And I found it exhausting. Um, I didn't get the life from the kids that you get in the classroom, but I just found that wasn't my gift. And I thought with Belinda, we were so, so happy when we sung together and, and uh, I thought maybe there's something there. It was the Jubilee year and over the previous few years, I'd written some some songs and the principal of the school where I was at St. Joseph's Moorbank was a, um, he loved music, very supportive of it, a parish priest who was the same. And I said, look, I've got these songs we can involve the whole school in a grand jubilee project and record an album. And my goal is that it will make a profit for the school as well. So it'll cost money, but you will get it back in the end. And uh, so we did. We recorded um, my first album, which had... it had My favourite song that I've written is my Easter song called With You in the Morning and it, all the times that Jesus appears to the disciples after the resurrection. It's my favourite, and I was going to call it With You in the Morning. Mm-hmm. But these kids, they had a group of 12 children, and they said, oh, I think you should call it These Hands. I said, oh, well, why do you think? He said, they said, oh, that's such a good song. It's so catchy. <laughs> so I took their advice, 
put that the first song on the album. And, and uh, anyway, that, that album, we then advertised, we had a mailing list and sent it out to every Catholic school in Australia. Fortunately, the money did come back, so the school was rewarded for yes. it. But it led to opportunities. Now, we're here in the Catholic Education Office in Wollongong, and I remember in March of 2001 being in one of these rooms exactly. and singing to a group of RECs, people like Beth, Beth Riola was yes. in there too, and um, Pat Gorman. And uh, that led to all these opportunities. And then someone said, could you come to our school and work with the kids? So I took a term off. The Catholic Education Office had said to me, you've used your leave to be with your daughter. Yes. We're going to give you some extra leave yes. to be with your family and explore these options, which was just magnificent. So that well, led they to saw this something. They saw it in well, you. Maybe yeah. they did. A lady yeah. called um, Trish McMara, I think it was, yes. saw something. Anyway, so um, that led to visits to schools. And then after a year of doing that, I went to working nine days a fortnight and on the 10th day I'd visit schools and it just felt... It was, you know, you talk about vocation in your life. I think this is what I'm meant to do. And uh, I had this moment. My first school was All Saints at Liverpool. So 14 years later, I'm doing a concert there at yes. this school yes. with this principal that had come and replaced Sister Matilda. I'm standing in front of 800 kids, and Sister Genevieve, and she's introducing me to this school. And she says, you know, Andrew, this is Andrew Chin, and he started here as a young teacher. And she said, when I came to this school, all I could hear about was Andrew Chin, there's Mr Chin, there's Mr Chin there. And he left, and he went off, and he did different things, and he was assistant principal, and his daughter got very, very sick, and she passed away. And then he went to this, and then she said, but now he's doing what God always meant him to do. And I cried. Yeah. I had to turn around and face the wall for 30 seconds together. She named it. She did. She named, she saw it. And it came from nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's still this pivotal pivotal moment. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I guess in some ways that probably cemented. Yeah. I knew from then on this that is the call. This, is what, this is what I'm called to yeah. do, you know. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, that's how that happened. So, you know, that was, I took a year's leave in 2003 yeah. and I'm still on leave. Yes. I've, oh, never, wow. I've never resigned. <laughs> Look, that's, that's what's been happening for the last few years. So, so um, Belinda played a big hand. Oh, yeah, in, absolutely. In that path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, to, it, this Look, day. to this day. To this and, day. And um, the songs I sing when I can hear her singing, you know, yeah. I can hear that voice, especially With You in the Morning is her song. Oh. And we, we sang it at a funeral, you know. Yeah. Um, and she's, uh, she's also the voice. There's a song called The Face of God that Mark Rowby wrote. And he heard her singing in church with me. I said, I've got to have that voice on this song. So she recorded, this is a gift we have. Yeah. We hear that voice. And it's her as a 12-year-old. It's just beautiful. Oh, just yeah. so beautiful. You are my Very, thank you for, for sharing that story because it's a profound one. Thank you. Yeah. Profound. 
And with the development of Butterfly Music um, and since its development, you've visited over a 1,000 schools, mm-hmm. not only in Australia but uh, all over the world in different countries. New Zealand, well. New US, Zealand, Canada, and US, yeah, yes. yep. What are, and I know this is a big question, we could do a podcast yeah. on this alone, probably three <laughs> gatherings, but what are some of the key things over these 20 years as you've, as you've worked in schools, as you've shared your music, what are some of the things that you've learnt from that experience and that time? There's... I learned a lot about myself, but we've spoken about that, about, you know, what you're called to do. I've learned, I remember getting ready to do my, my first concert in, um, in Anaheim with a school there. I thought, what's this going to be like singing for, for American children? Now, I'd already experienced singing with Kiwi kids, and I thought, oh, what's it going to be like singing with them? Kids are kids. Yeah. And I've, I've learned that now, that wherever you are, there's, there's a joy that comes through working with them. Um, there's a joy that comes through singing with them. There's a joy that comes with a slight mocking of each other's accents. When the Kiwi kids say, you talk funny, I say, I don't talk funny, you talk funny. Um, So I've learnt that too. And I have seen, I think one of the things I've learnt is some of the liturgy I have seen with children um, in different places, just how powerful it can be, how music is, is critical to that. I did a mass in about 2011. It was for the Feast of the Assumption. I was at a school called St Mary's at Mount Evelyn. And they had two young Irish priests who were out on holiday in Australia. The deal was they looked after the parish for the weekends and the morning masses, but then they were on holiday. So they went and were tourists. And these two lovely young guys, they did this liturgy and we worked together on preparing the music. And when it was over, I thought, I have never experienced such powerful liturgy as I've just experienced oh. it. And it still lives to this day as about the best I've ever seen. And and I've seen it over and I often think if we could only capture that, yeah. what was it that made it so good? It was it was the working together. Mm-hmm. That was really powerful. It was the effort they made to bring particularly the gospel to life, mm-hmm. to make it truly live. Um, I often think when, when you look at those two guys, their job is to make Christ live and to bring those words to life. And yes. those guys did it like I've never seen before. And I think that's our challenge. I think there's such a, such a power in, um, in, in what we do in Catholic schools is to, to make efforts to, to, to bring that over. I had the great joy of working with a parish in North, uh, Chatswood. And the, the, I visited them in the August and their process for preparing for a Sunday liturgy was so um, communal. Emails would go around, uh, and they'd say, this is, this is what we're going to do um, for the gospel. This is suggested music. And this committee would do it over the course of a day or two. And they invited me to be part of that when we were preparing for this liturgy for Mass in August. Then they said, could you come back for the, I think it was the fourth Sunday of Advent? And they said, um, this is what we're thinking and I had a few thoughts and, and, and chipped them in. And it also happened to be my birthday. It was the 18th of December. And so forget. one of the priests wrote back to me and said, um, really like what you were saying there. Um, how about you do the homily? And I thought, well, you don't often get offered to do the homily yes. on your birthday. Yes. So I said, I'll do it. And it was such such a powerful moment. And I, I think there was a value in that too, that people listen to different voices. Yes. Yes. And um, so I did. You know, a friend of mine 
we often chat about the ideal homily should go no longer than five minutes. How but, long was yours? Well, as I finished, I spotted him up the back and he had, he had a text already and he held it up and it said four minutes, 54 seconds. <laughs> oh, we still laugh that about that. But um, I, 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 again, I thought that was them encompassing some of those great things I've learned about liturgy with children that could be brought across. Mm. Um, and that collective voice, obviously, how important it is to involve others that's in, that, right. in that shared experience. Well, when I talk to teachers, voice. I say, look, prayer and liturgy, it's not a spectator sport. Mm. You're meant to be involved. There's parts where you're meant to be contemplative, but the whole idea is you're meant to immerse yourself in this. You are meant to be wholly part of this. And, you know, I just grieve sometimes when I've ended up in places and thinking there's no real... Well, there is, but I think of how, how good it could be, yeah. the potential that we sometimes participation miss. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there, there's some of my major learnings. Um, and, and, Andrew, obviously, I mean, music itself, which is what you're saying, can be such a powerful tool. You know, it's a, it's, it's a powerful means of communicating a message. Can you speak about the power of music in the passing on of, you know, the Catholic faith or a Christian mes- message, you know, using music as the means the power of that we had something happen at home this morning which is kind of illustrative of this Um, because this song played on the radio this morning Um, we we listened to a golden oldie station that comes out of um, Adelaide called Cruise 1323 about a year or so probably a bit longer Bernadette and I were just in the kitchen having a morning cup of coffee now the song came on by Russell Morris and it's called Sweet Sweet Love now, Bernadette, I knew, had not heard this song for 20 years, at least. The song's playing, and she's singing every word, wow. like she's back in 1975. And I remember thinking, there's such a power in music, in terms of just pure retainment of knowledge, and that's where it's a valuable catechetical tool. tool. You know, you think of songs like Arky Arky, which tell the story of Noah and the Ark, that it can be so powerful in, re- in retaining knowledge. Mm. But also, you know, when Bernadette sings that song, it takes her back to a place and a time and the heart of that mm. moment. I got it when on my last day of teaching, which was at the end of 2002, I got an email from a dad. I can't remember his first name. It was Mr. Hughes was his name. And he said, I took the morning off work to come and be. Because what's happened musically at this school in the last three years is just amazing. And it's when we'd recorded two albums. Mm. And, and uh, he said, I had to be there for this mass. And we sung Peter Carney's This Is Our School because we were at St Joseph's School. And when, he says, when that finished, he said, I had, I had tears in my eyes and I had you know, the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. He says, because there is nothing like singing, hearing a whole community of faith singing one song of faith. He says, talk about spirit. He says, that's spirit, capital S, binding people together. You feel it in the space, you could don't feel you? It. It's just Look, so powerful. And, I, and the opposite, not an opposite, this isn't a negative, but I, I was visiting a school and I wasn't singing, I wasn't playing. And I was in this place where a parent from that school where I taught at was, and we were sitting there and the music was good, like technically very, very good. And as I... As I walked out of the church, I sat next to her. I said, that was really good, wasn't it? She goes, yeah. She says, but something's missing, and I don't know what it is. So we forgot about that. Six Mm. months later, same church. I'm walking out, and she grabbed me by the arm. She said, it's joy. Joy's missing. She said, all the notes are there. Everything's in the right place. 
but joy is missing. And, and that's where the, that spirit can come from. Yes. I mean, the spirit can come from the quiet and the reflective music as well. Um, but he said he was so pleased that his boys had experienced that for some part of their life, yeah. it, that power of community, singing of their faith at the one time, one voice. Yeah. Just really powerful. So, um, yeah, that's... That's the transformative, and I've seen that so many times. Mm. My my most used song is These Hands. And people, I had a five-year-old boy said to me once, I'm getting a bit tired of that song. (laughs) And I said, mate, walk in my shoes. I've sung that song, I reckon, 10,000 times in my life. However, I never tire of it because there's always a child somewhere who is in a prayerful moment, and that song is, it's, it's, in their heart, but it might lead to some prayer and action. Mm-hmm. You know, with these hands, I pray to you, I work for you. I, I love that, that song. That was one of the first songs that Jane mentioned. It is a beautiful song. Oh, look, and I, it's, it's, it, I think of it like a dear friend, yeah, you know. I We're always it. together. Yes, yes. And we've done a lot together. Yeah. And it's, I was, it's the song that opened many, many doors because those kids made me put it first. Yes, yes. And not with you in the morning. Yes. Um, yeah. So, no, it, it, that's, that was a, uh-huh. a lovely twist of fate from those 12 children. Yeah. Andrew, I imagine um, as an artist, you know, we've just been through such a significant time these last two, three years with the pandemic and isolation. And and as we've observed from, you know, actors, singers, writers, you know, their world has had to change because they haven't been able to do things in the same way. Um, And I've observed in terms of you that you've done a number of things, reinventing, creating new things during this time. Um, I observed your, your website only recently and looked at the exceptional array. Oh, my goodness. It, it's out of this world of online resources for, for RE teachers. You've got music for liturgies and classrooms, prayers, videos, lyrics, picture books, art and drama activities, and that's only scratching the surface. But can you tell us a little bit, how have you navigated this time and and what, what has taken you to this place of developing what I've just observed online? I, I remember when that first lockdown was rapidly coming towards us, I had a phone call on the Sunday night from a principal in Adelaide said, look, you can't come. They've mm. just made this directive. And th- it was either that day or the next day. I had a phone call from a mate in the Parramatta Diocese who said, I've just realised what this means for you. He said, look, what, anything we can do to help, which was lovely. He, was, he had more knowledge of what was going to happen than I did. But Bernadette too said to me, you need to do something. She said, you need to do it. There's a lot of teachers and children are, are out there 
that what are they going to do? They're going to be stuck at home. What can you do? And so we came up with the idea of morning prayers. Mm. So we go down to our favourite beach, Fisherman's Beach, and I'd record a simple prayer for each day. So it would be a, um, a prayer together, sometimes some scripture, always followed by a song at the end, mm. either sung live at the beach with I the I loved dance. that when I saw it, singing the guitar at the beach. I say more of it. <laughs> Absolutely. But then I remember hearing the word pivot. You know, people are just going to have to pivot during this time. I thought, what does that mean for me? And I was really lost because I thrive on being in front of a group of kids and working with a group of kids. And I found Zooming very, very difficult. Um, Now, at the same time, I'd I'd had an email from a teacher the year before. We've had this thing called an intranet license where schools could pull all their music onto their servers and drives. Um, But then I had a couple of teachers saying, you really are going to have to think... And Tim, my son-in-law, was another one that said it. We need to think of different ways of delivering music because teachers don't have CD players anymore. Mm. Um, they might be able to line up their phone to a dock, but we need to make it more interactive. And then I spent three months doing relief work during um, the second half of 2020. And going into a classroom, you're really confronted by that. Mm. I'm all right, I have a guitar, but then in August you couldn't play guitar and sing anymore. Yeah, of course. So what do you do now? So that led to a, a series of conversations, mainly with Bernadette and me and then Tim, uh, thinking about creating this online resource. Um, and then talk, we've got two other artists. We've got Drew Lane in Melbourne and, and Jane Mitchell in uh, Traralgon in Victoria. The, the five of us formed this group. And um, we threw around a few names. It was Tim who came up with Butterfly Music. Let's call it the Butterfly House. Oh. So we have the idea is we have, we have the art room, yes. we have the library, we, we have the resource room, we've got the storeroom, we've got all these different places in the house, the prayer room, and the good news room. Yes. So where teachers can go for their different resources. And I mean, the other thing I had to pivot on was I had someone who'd built my previous website and I got a quote back. And it was astronomical. Yes. But Bernadette said, you can do this. You don't need them. You know what the vision is yeah. for what you want. You'll get it to work. So she's, she's fabulous. She's always had great faith in me and I've had great faith in her. So I started to build a website for the first time and I learned a lot along the way. So we created ourselves. Um, What's the thing about this time? It, it, it's the learning curve that we've all been oh, on in yeah. those sorts of experiences. And I suppose it? it's the other, the reverse side. Of, I mean, I'm ever grateful to live in a country where we're at least supported by our government to get us through because yeah. for those first couple of weeks we thought, our incomes just literally dried up overnight mm. um, because people had stopped buying CDs as well. And uh, so I feel grateful for that. But the other thing was the gift of time. Mm. All of a sudden I could sit there for hours and days building a website, which there hadn't been such a need for before, but there really was. But I had time to do it. So we made the use of, of that time together. So it's, I, I had a frustration as a young teacher particularly when, when the computer started to come in, I thought, why are we all doing so much for ourselves? Well, if we created this way of pooling our material, why am I writing a unit for HSIE when someone else over in the other side of Sydney has done a really good one? Why can't we pool that? Save our time, save our energy, and put our energy into the classroom mm. to the kids. Because I used to meet so many staff and teachers who were exhausted from the paperwork, mm. and it was taking away from their energy in the classroom. So this was my chance to to lead something like that to to make it really easy for mm. teachers. So it's it's been uh, it's been uh, like a rebirth in a yes. lot of ways uh, to to really um, 
and also we're talking about responding to needs. Mm. So when the Ukraine crisis, Ukraine war happened, I remember being really deeply affected and finding it hard to sleep, thinking, look, I'm a grandfather of, of 10. Imagine what it would be like for us mm. if we were in the Ukraine. I'm 58. I'd be in the army. Mm. These kids, what would they, and it was really distressing to think for those people on, on the other side of the world, what can I do? I know what I can do. Mm. So as I drove down to Melbourne that weekend, I was going to, to visit a couple of schools, but I was also going to meet Drew and stay with Drew. And we sat on a, on a Monday night from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and we, I had the words in my head based mm. on the prayer of St Francis. And um, I put the words up there, and through this beautiful interactive process, we came up with a gorgeous song. Mm. We recorded the, the backing that night. I recorded my vocals. Um, we sent two girls here in, in the, the Wollongong Diocese. Uh, one's at Corpus Christi and one's at St John's Adapto. We sent it to them and their dad, who's mm. a, a sound engineer, yeah. recorded their voices. Bernadette, meanwhile, was at home doing all the artwork for it. And then seven days later, we've got a song ready to go. Meanwhile, my son-in-law is up in Mittagong writing a song called The Sunflower, specifically for the Ukrainian beautiful, people. beautiful, I've heard too. And then another few days later, his is ready. Mm. So we're able to respond to a need so quickly, yes. put it up and send it out to 750 schools around Australia and New Zealand, and in the middle is a big link to Caritas. Yes. This is how we can all make a difference. Yeah. This is prayer leading to action. Mm. This is what we can do. Mm. Um, and that was sort of... That was, that was powerful mm. to, to think of the difference you could make so quickly. Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that's uh, a big revelation for me is responding to needs. Mm. Um, and I think what you've so evidently done is that you've really given people the resources that cover so many different dimensions. So it's not, you know, it, it's, the, it's the song, but it's also the lyrics, it's the chords, it's scripture, it's prayer, it's, it's the books, it's a drama activity. Like it's everything for me, as I looked at it, has been considered. Yeah. You know? and we've, so we've, carefully considered. Well, we've now gone to the next level as where I think last year we focused on the events that, that come, the, the mm. Holy Week, Anzac Day, Mother's Day, mm. NADOC Week, um, helping, supporting them. In teachers in that way, but now we've gone to that next level is that I've spent the last three months going through every religious education curriculum in Australia and New Zealand yes. and embedding our, just giving a, a suggestion page to all these dioceses and said, look, if you're teaching the Sydney Archdiocese and you're teaching Year 5, here's the songs that go with your units because I've read them all. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's a fascinating experience, just seeing the different ways um, religious education is taught around... One country. What a wonderful way yeah. to offer support, Andrew. Yeah. What a wonderful so there's, way. So we've got probably 80% of teachers covered. So, um, oh, And that's it. That's what I wanted as a young teacher. Yes. I wanted someone to say, this is going to make it easier for you. Yeah. My friend Bernard asks me this defining question every so often. He goes, what is it you do? <laughs> And why do you do it? Yes, he yes. does it as a joke. Yes, I know, but it's a key question, but isn't he, it? But he means it to What's keep me focused. What's your why? And I remember my early years of teaching, we spent a whole year on a school mission, vision mm. and mission statement. And he said, what's your mission? I said, my, our mission at Butterfly Music is to make the mission of teachers and catechists easier. Yeah. That's what our mission is. If we can do that in a whole Catholic context, that's what we do. Yeah. 
So it took mm. me 30 seconds to write a mission statement. Yes. But it's, well, it's so clear. It is, it's so clear. clear. I, I know what we're doing and I know yeah. why we do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Andrew, just an extraordinary work. And, and I suppose there's a question that sits with me is, is that well, what is it that, what sustains you? What is it that sustains you in, in this work, you know, to, to give you the energy, to give you the, the level of commitment, the passion? What is it? Really well, I think first of all, it, it comes from the heart, so yeah. it, it sits very naturally with me. Mm-hmm. Um, what gives me the energy, nothing beats a day in front of a, a, a group of kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I, The way I work with children is I'll do a series of workshops during the day, and I actually get to know them a little bit, and they get to know me. But at the end of the day, I'm physically exhausted, but teachers must go, oh, you must be so tired. I am physically tired, but I feel better at the end of the yeah. day than I do at the beginning. And that's a good job if you can do that. So that's what gives me energy. I love the whole creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, of uh, I remember being... I don't record in a studio so much anymore. We can do it like this with a with microphone on a desk. But um, I remember sitting up in a studio in the Blue Mountains where I did a lot of my albums and had, you have to listen to things back through the big speakers. And I'm lying on this big comfy lounge <laughs> and I set up at one point. I'm actually working. This is my job. <laughs> this is what I love to do. How good is this? Yeah. So I love the creative process. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing I really love. Um, I've written a lot of songs and some of them have been commissions for schools. And when I write them, I'm almost embarrassed to share them because it's me and the guitar. But when I do that, I can hear it. I can hear what it's going to be like, more or less. Sometimes changes happen on the way. So I feel embarrassed to sing it for people because I go, it's going to be so much better than this. Uh, and that's one of the greatest joys of what I do. It, it's, it's like watching a child grow up. It's got this raw idea. And, and then over the course of sometimes days, sometimes months, sometimes years, yeah. it becomes something um, very different. But what I imagined, but something that can have a lot of spiritual power, I hope. Yes, yes. Andrew, it's been such a joy, you know, talking with you today. And the work that you're doing is, it's just profound. It's having a huge impact on our young people. It's having a huge impact on teachers, on our our broader world. And I just, um, I thank you for your groundedness and for the authenticity that you bring to your work and uh, for the energy that you bring to it well as well and, and just so grateful for the work that you do and for our conversation today. And I, I wish you and, and Butterfly Music and Butterfly House um, all the very best. I, I can see that it will continue to grow and blossom and be a gift to so many others and, and look forward to the opportunity of, of talking with you again. Can I finish with one story? Please do. I love the story. Because this is, this is um, defining of what I've... Please do. Um, it's a Belinda story, but it so defines what I do and something that you just said brought it to my mind. Back in about 1998, Belinda and I used to sing every Sunday at St Christopher's at Holsworthy. Now, it was we're doing after communion time, we are doing Jessie Manabusen's Open My Eyes, Lord, and she was the lead on that. So we started to play it. People started to sing, and they stopped singing. And by the end, no one was singing except for her. And then... I led the recessional, which was Kevin Bates' Come Ring Out Our Joy, a song we had at our, at our wedding, uh, one of my own favourites. I love Kevin's music. Yeah, it's wonderful. And the, it was one that the church knew well. We'd been singing there for about two or three years by that time, and they raised the roof. Full house on a Sunday evening mass. 
Anyway, um, one of the beautiful things after you finish is the downtime of winding up leads. And Belinda was doing that. She had a 14-year-old scowl on her face. Uh, what's wrong with you? And she goes, well, I don't get it, Dad. She said, how come when I start to sing, they all stop singing? But the moment you start to sing, they all start to sing. And I go, well, that's because when they hear you sing, they want to listen. When they hear me sing, they think, that man needs some help, so they help me. And that's been part of my grounding philosophy. I have no delusions Andrew, about that is a beautiful story. But my job is to get everyone to come and help me because I need their help. That's a beautiful... <laughs> yeah. I, gosh, I love that. And I tell you what, you live it because from every time I've been with schools, that's what you do. The kids love singing with you and uh, just love the experience because you... You walk with them and the joy that you bring is palpable. They, they hold on to that and feel it as well. So thank you. Thank you. It's been so <laughs> thank much you fun. Me great joy. Wonderful to have you with us today and look forward to the next time. Thank you for joining me on the program today. In our conversation, Andrew Chin made reference to the Butterfly House, which is an online resource for teachers of religious education. To explore these offerings, you may like to Google butterflyhouse.online or butterflymusic.com.au. And if you would like to take some time now or in the future to enjoy some treasured stillness, you may like to listen to the meditation entitled Meditation 30, Balancing Work and Rest. My prayers and thoughts are with you, and I look forward to being with you next time.